You're listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Hi, I'm Caitlin. And I'm Jess. And you're listening to Above Average. The podcast where we, two above average performing arts students, try to expand our below average knowledge of the world and how it works. This episode is all about cars, the Pixar film and the Vroom Vroom machines. And I test Caitlin on the road code since she's still on her learners. So sit back and let's ride into another great episode of Above Above Average. All content in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Welcome everyone to episode three. Yay! The second to last episode in the season. This is so exciting. We are in a bit of a pickle at the moment. I don't think it's just us in the pickle, Caitlin. The whole country's in a bit of a... In a bit of a... Bit of a palaver. Delta Goodrum really tried to make herself relevant again. Delta Goodrum said, let me show you a comeback. And everyone said, absolutely not, Delta. Jacinda said, fight back. And so now we're in level three lockdown. We can't get into the Radio 1 studio. Would you like to describe the (laughs) recording setup we have at the moment, Caitlin? Currently, Jess and I are in her bedroom. Yep. In a fort. Yep. We've made soundproof out of blankets, her mattress... A couple of pillows and some and some chairs and, and some towels and some towels and the microphone is a very expensive microphone yeah. from an iPhone six. vintage. A vin- it's a vintage, a vintage headphone set. It's a vintage iPhone six um, Apple headphone set with the microphone that you can put the volume up and down with as well. So we're living our best lives. We don't have our usual coffee from Sean, but we, but we have do some, have some. German water. Yeah. That has been made out of hops. So with that being said, we hope you're all safe and let's get into the episode. Let's go. I thought I'd kick off this Cars episode talking about the beast itself. A car engine. Ooh. I know. (laughs) How does a car engine actually work? Are you asking this rhetorically or to me? Because I don't know. Well, I just still don't really know either. But... (laughs) But for the people, I have done about 10 minutes of very vigorous studying and learning. And I have discovered a lot of things that I don't understand, but I'm going to read them to you anyway, just in case you learn anything from this really educational section of the podcast. Or you understand and you can tell us about it. Or if you are my dad or Caitlin's dad, you can just sit back and laugh at all the things we don't understand about car engines. So here we go. How does an engine actually work? To put it, Plain and simple, an engine generates power through expansion and compression of air. Now, isn't that interesting? Sorry, I've just got to get over the fact that (laughs) we're in a fort right now. (laughs) this is ridiculous anyway oh the light fell over oh god we had to do the intro four times because I kept laughing about our current situation not the situation of the country just the situation of us right now which is recording in a in a pillow fort so here we have some parts of the engine okay I watched a really educational video that was like seven minutes long there was a lot of information and some of it I just kind of didn't write down because (laughs) it just wasn't sticking in my brain irrelevant a bit like the Economy episode. I kind of oh. just, I just chucked out a few bits I didn't like. <laughs> they weren't important anyway. No. So here's some parts of the engine and how they work. So we have the piston, and the piston, like the mitochondria, is the powerhouse of the engine. You see what I did there? <laughs> Science. <laughs> what the pistons do is pretty simple. They move up and down. Like a lever. Yeah. Right. So you know an elevator and how yeah. there's one elevator going up and there's one yeah. elevator going down. Yeah. 
It's kind of like what pistons do. But okay. if every time, you know how there's like a certain amount of steps on an elevator? Yes. If the first step of the elevator, when it reached the top, it then switched ways. So then it started going down. Okay. Even though that's not how escalators... I think I said elevators. You said elevators and not escalators. <laughs> Sorry. It's... We never mind. It's 20 past 11. Um, and we're in a fort. Leave us alone. Not in the morning, in the evening. I get the idea. How escalators sort yeah, of go I, up and I down. I get the idea, yeah. So a strong is when a piston reaches its full length so either either going all the way up so if it started at the bottom and gone all the way up or if it's at the top and it goes all the way down that's a stroke this has just popped into my brain you know how in cars the pixar film iconic of course i think it was 2005 was it that early i think so i know we're quite old we are when they have the piston cup yes, tournament, obviously, yeah. You know how there's that guy that is really grumpy, and I can't remember his name for the life of me. Is that the old man? In, the old man, in, and he crashes. What's the town called? Something Springs. Radiator, Radiator Springs. Springs. Do you reckon it's because he his piston had a stroke? Get it? Because he won the piston cup. Yes. And then he had a crash. Do you think in that crash he had a stroke, and that's why he's so torn? Do you think they thought that far, or is this my media a brain? stroke? Is Like a brain. I don't know. I think you might have to send a little email to the directors of cars to figure that one out. I will do that as you speak, yeah. So now that we've established what a stroke is in relation to the pistons, the pistons, they're very important. As I said before, the powerhouse of the engine. Yes. So they make power by going up and down, and then this power gets transferred to the crankshaft, which is great. Um, <laughs> Good for the crankshaft. It basically, the crankshaft, like, moves and stuff. <laughs> the crankshaft, like... I'd hope it moves. It's in a car. Yeah, but, like, the crankshaft, like, gets the energy from the pistons going up and down. This doesn't sound like car talk. Shut up! It is! I watched a really educational video. Like- the power, as I said, that goes to the crankshaft. Yes. Great word, crankshaft. When the pistons are going up and down, it's kind of like a, um, you know those videos of those big production factories and there's machines that like cut the bread and wrap the bread. You, it's <gasps> kind of like that. Those satisfying ones that squash the things Yeah, so TikTok? it's kind of like that. So stuff goes into the piston. Yes. And then the piston pushes it down. And then when the piston comes back up, that stuff that was in the piston then moves along and goes out. So it goes in, gets pushed down, comes back up, and goes out so it's kind of like if you get a big piece of bread yes and you like push something down on it that like cuts it all up and then when you lift it off the product that you put in is different when it comes out because it's sort of been pushed down or in the case of bread it's been sliced up okay you know what i mean so, let me reiterate again. Pistons are very important. Very. And they don't all go in the same time. So, it's not like they all go up and they all go down. I should probably say there's, there's four in most cars. There's four. They go at, like, different movements. So, maybe the two on the outside go up and then the two on the inside go down. And so, they're moving in different motions. Do you understand what I mean? No. Okay. But, well, um, I'll get there. So, circling back, now that we know a little bit more about pistons and how they move. Yeah. Remember how I was talking about the strokes, which is when a piston reaches a its full, you know, journey, if yep. you will. 
Oh. Well, there's four different types of strokes. Okay. So there's intake, compression, power, and exhaust. Okay. And you have to go through all four of those strokes yeah. to complete one whole cycle. Oh, okay. Is that why you have, like, the exhaust pipe and stuff on a car? I didn't get that, that far. That, that, uh, that was towards the end of the video, and I was getting a bit bored. Dads, if you could please message us and answer that question, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Thanks, Dad. Very exciting, Caitlin. I have another anagram for you. Here we go. Is that what they call anagram? Um, no. Acronym. Acronym. <laughs> Are you ready? No. What is RPM? RPM. Yes, RPM. Isn't that a clothing brand? Yes, but not in the context of this podcast. Rats push me. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Do you want to have one more guess? Don't look it up. I'm not. You're looking at... I'm not. Okay, okay. I'm closing my eyes. Ratcliffe? Potato maker. That was even worse than the first one. No, it means revolutions per minute. Okay, Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> <It's embarrassing. gasps> the French Revolution! Ah. No, you're wrong. <laughs> revolutions per minute. This is what I have come up with that it means. Okay. So it means the number of full crankshaft revolutions per minute. Which I think that means, like, when all the pistons have done what they need to do, then they cycle back to do it again. Like, we were talking about the four-stroke cylinder. Yeah. So, like, after they've done the intake, compression, power, and exhaust strokes, one cycle, then they do it all again, and it's how many of those cycles can be done in a minute. So I'm guessing that means, like, if they can do more, your engine's more powerful, or it might be the other way around, but I feel like it would make more sense if it was the more you could do, the more powerful your engine. Okay. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, you do. Don't be silly. You, okay. know, you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. So we have another very exciting part of the engine. It's called a flywheel. Ooh. And it connects to the transmission, and that is then connected to the starter, which connects to the system. What system? <laughs> I don't solar. know. No, not the solar system. The system is like where all the pistons and stuff is, that kind of block. So where the pistons are and the stuff that's like around the pistons. So that's not just the engine. No, it's the system. Have you not been listening? So as I said before, the four cylinder is the most common amount of cylinders in a vehicle so that means how many pistons there are right because there's four pistons four cylinder but there's also v8 and v6s so there's six pistons and eight pistons oh, yeah so that's why they're called that's v8 yeah like a v8 engine like um greg murphy does V8 racing. So they have eight pistons in their car's engine, so that's why it's called a V8. And they are slightly different because in a four-cylinder engine, the cylinders are positioned up and down, like vertically. Okay. But in a V6 or a V8 engine, they are placed on an angle that kind of looks like a V shape. Right. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do, yeah. So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. And now I understand what V8 and V6s are. Yay. So go me. So while watching this video, it was reiterated that air was very important. Like I said, how right at the start, how it generates power through the expansion and compression of air. But I was like, well, if it only needs air, then why do we pay for petrol? Right. Why do we pay extortionate prices for petrol? Obviously, I was wrong. And the fuel tank sits at the 
the back of the car. So how does the fuel get to the engine? That's actually a good question. I don't know that. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. The fuel is taken through a tube from the tank to the engine, right? Yeah. And then, instead of it being kind of poured into another big container or whatever, it is taken to the bit where all the pistons are and it is sprayed. It goes... I get, I get what spraying is, Jess. Oh, yeah. I thought you needed just a visual no, reminder. No, I've got it. So, in very perfect timing, it gets sprayed onto the main bit of the engines where the pistons are. Don't ask me why. I didn't get that far. <laughs> I just know that it gets sprayed onto it. Now, you know in movies when the characters break down on the side of the road and they yes. open the bonnet and it's like... Yes. And it, there's lots of smoke or steam coming out of the thing. Like in grown-ups when the daughters turn up and there's all yeah. that smoke. Yeah, exactly. That's because engines get very hot mm. because they're working. They're working machines. Like us in summer. Yeah, working working women. Working class gals. An engine is a working class gal. Okay. And it gets very hot and bothered. <sighs> so the engine has to be cooled. Yeah, it does. Otherwise it'll get too hot and it'll overheat like it does in the movies. Yes. And so to cool the engine, there are channels that run around the cylinders, which are above or near, I can't quite remember, pistons, right? Yes, yep. So they travel around there and they carry antifreeze that keep the main parts of the engine nice and cool or to an appropriate temperature. Okay. And there's even a thermostat in the engine to monitor the temperature of the engine. That's pretty smart. I know. I thought that was quite cool. Cars are very intelligent. I know. More than us, apparently. And then there's another aspect to the way the engine works. So we already have the compression and expansion of air. Yes. Tick. We have the fuel. Tick. Tick. And now we have... Electricity. Ooh. So, the spark plugs. Yes. Which I definitely know about. Yes. Their job is to create the electrical spark that ignites the fuel and the air mixture that then the pistons compress. Oh, that must be what the fuel's for. So, <laughs> so I think what happens is, get a little psh of fuel. Fuel. You get a of air, yep. the spark plug goes with electric energy, the fuel and the air mixture goes Whoo. For anyone listening at home, this is quite the audio-visual experience. <laughs> I'm going to give them what, what the people want. And then that little fireball. <laughs> <laughs> to quote... Pitbull. Pitbull. It's Pitbull, isn't it? Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Yeah, it is. So the, fi- the little fireball then gets compressed by the pistons. Okay. Wig. Wig. That's so totally wig. So that's what the, the spark plugs do. So there's a little little bit of air, a little bit of fuel, and a little bit of electricity. Ooh, real. Like that Billy Elliot song? Electricity. How does that go? Um, electricity. Electricity. Oh, that's I was how it goes. thinking of the... Um, Were you thinking of solidarity, 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 solidarity forever. forever. We're proud to be working class. Working class gals, the engine. Billy Elliot made that happen. So we got our little concoction that keeps the engine running. Yes. But there's even more parts. I don't know why. I think we've got enough, to be I completely honest with you. I run already. But obviously not. So apparently you need an alternator as well, which converts the mechanical energy into electric energy, which then charges the battery. You need the battery for other stuff as well. You need the battery to be charged to start the car. Yeah. Like, remember when you got a dead battery with our friend and didn't think to ring me, even though it sounds like I know nothing about cars, my dad does, and my dad got me jump leads for Christmas. Yes. Because he's an icon. 
Thank you, Neil. Thank you, Neil. And then the last part that I cared to write down, because all this other stuff was kind of boring me. It was a lot. Motor oil. Ooh. Very important. Okay. For different things. One of its main functions is lubrication. Right. Of the, seems like, too many different parts of the engine. Yes. So things need to be lubed up because they're moving up and down and rubbing together. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that sounds familiar. Mm -hmm. It also is used to stop things corroding because it's metal mm-hmm. well i think so not all of it but i think majority of it's metal yeah and also it can carry heat away from moving parts wig i know it's so interesting isn't it i hope you learned a lot from my 10 vigorous minutes of studying about how a car engine works if you are a car person just remember that not everyone has the same hobby as you and being kind is important <laughs> So you know how we were just talking about V8s? Of course I do. Obviously we don't know a lot about cars. That's why we're doing the episode. And while I've had my fair share in camping experiences during off-road racing, I don't know a lot about racing itself with actual cars. But what Jess and I do know a lot about is the kind of drag race that is RuPaul's. Wig. Wig. Snatched. Out the door. All, All the way, way to Arkansas. Arkansas. Okay, so I'm pitching that we do a drag race of the literal vroom vroom sort mm-hmm. with our top five drag queens. That sounds like a great idea. Because only five people can fit in the car. Yeah. And we position them within the car so then we have the best possible team going towards the drag race. Okay. You start if you would like. I'll start. So behind the wheel, I would have Courtney act. Ooh. Because I think she's really responsible and mature. Okay. Next to her, I think I would have Alyssa Edwards. (gasps) Oh, you stop. Well... Because she is also very mature and responsible. Yeah. And then my three in the back would have to be Katia Zamolochikova mm-hmm. and Trixie Mattel, obviously, obviously, because they come and appear. They do. But I wouldn't have those two in the front, otherwise... It'd be messy. So I'd have them two in the back, but I'd have to separate them. I'd have to yeah. have someone in the middle. Okay. I think... I know you're going to kill me for stealing her. Oh, I know But I think her I'd have to have Bianca in the middle of those two because I know she could keep them like I also just can't believe that you stole Bianca down I'm sorry you let me go first that was a mistake yeah that was a big mistake we should have pulled them 1-1 okay so here's what I'm we should have done it like a draft yeah here's what I'm gonna do RuPaul Charles in the driver's seat because how could you forget about RuPaul my second I didn't forget I just didn't put her in my car it is RuPaul's drag race so obviously if RuPaul's driving RuPaul's gotta win because it's it's RuPaul's drag race next to RuPaul in the passenger seat in the front um I put everyone's favorite drag queen Michelle Visage oh she is she is kind of an icon and then in the back Adore Delano is such a middle seat girl. She is. It's I, not funny. I love her so much. Yes. And then on the sides, I think I would mix it up with some calming energy on one side with Sasha Valor. Oh, uh, yeah. And then I'm thinking for a little bit more comedy and a little bit more chunk in the trunk, I'm thinking Latrice. Yeah, I love. And we're obviously going to win because we've got RuPaul, so... She would sing you some church songs. Oh, my goodness, yes. Now, Jess, I know we talk 
talked in your section about electricity and fuel. Yes. So I'd like to enlighten us on the happy topic of fossil fuels caused by cars. Does that make sense or am I just sounding incompetent? No, you sound clever. I think I'm good. You're lying. I smelt the sarcasm from this side of the fort. Who? You. No. Never. Never. So I need to break it to the world, to the Kevs and the Karens of Dunedin and the world. And the world. That climate change is in fact real. Yes, you idiots. It's a big thing, guys. Now keep in mind that I stopped science after year 11 and I only did it in year 11 because my teacher made me. Fair enough. Otherwise, I wouldn't have done it past year 10. Like, I actually didn't understand it. So, obviously, I'm not the most clued into climate change, if I'm honest, which isn't me being ignorant. Well, it kind of is. But it's just me not being able to fully process it on a scientific level. Yes, I understand. I Like, I know that different things contribute to climate change, like cars and fast fashion, which, again, isn't a good thing to say right now because I'm wearing glasses. Oh, no. And restated vintage. So, that's just not good. And then there's obviously other forms of pollution but I don't know enough about them to give any scientific rundowns because I don't know anything and I haven't done science since I was year 11 which was back 2015 that's how long ago that was and my girlfriends at high school all study and studied science at uni I thought I'd message our old high school group chat and see if they knew anything and could tell me anything in the most basic eight-year-old form Mm -hmm. and because I looked it up on kids Britannica, that was way too complicated for me. I got so confused. <laughs> One section was like scholarly, and that was for grades six and eight, which I don't know what that translates to in New Zealand world, but I assume it's young, and that's not a good sign. But anyway, luckily, Nikita, my good friend, came in clutch. Get it? Clutch? Because ah, I the see. Cars. Like a car. Yeah. So what she said was that climate change is the buildup of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere. Greenhouse gases trap heat closer to the surface of the earth Okay. I don't, I still don't understand. The surface of the earth is like what we live on. You know how there's different levels of the earth? Oh, okay. And then petrol, she said, is a type of fossil fuel. And when you burn it, cars release an excess of carbon dioxide, which is a greenhouse gas. Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, like we breathe in oxygen and we breathe out carbon dioxide. Now, what I learned from an episode of Top Gear that Jeremy Clarkson once told me was that apparently the carbon dioxide gets trapped in like the trees and stuff. Right. Which is obviously bad because it stops oxygen from being produced. Because you know how oxygen... The trees make oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we couldn't live without the trees. No. Just Um, like I can't live without you. That's a lie. So the trees will then pretty much just, like, die. And the whole planet will be destroyed. And that will include us. So, like, we'll be gone as well. Now, I don't know if that's 100% correct because I think Jeremy Clarkson is kind of hashtag cancelled. I think he's been hashtag cancelled multiple times. For, I think, for a long time as well. I think that's why they put Joey Tribbiani on Top Gear. But I don't know if that's true, but oh well. The more gases that build up, the more heat is held closer to the Earth, which means our temperature on Earth goes up. Yeah, so it's kind of like we're creating a steam room. Yeah, it's like a sauna. Yeah. Cars are creating a sauna on Earth That's getting hotter and hotter. Hotter and and hotter. hotter. And we don't have an ice bath to jump into because all of this is melting the ice cap. 
gaps. Which is not good. That's not good at all. And it's also creating a bunch of other effects. So the DCC has tried to combat this. And Radio 1 legend Aaron Hawkins, shout out. Has, Icon. Has publicly expressed that he himself doesn't drive. Relatable. He either walks or he buses or he carpools. And I think that's super cool. I obviously just don't drive because I'm on my learners. <laughs> so I legally cannot. No. Unless I'm in the vehicle with you. Yeah. But there are also ways around not producing fossil fuels. And I've got one. Yes. For the world to know. For the Kevs and the Karens. Yep. Because I know they're rich white people. So they can afford this option. Electric cars. They're good for the environment because they run on electricity. I think they might be pretty spinny. I haven't done much research. I'm pretty them, sure I'm they are pretty spinny. So they're pretty spinny. Which causes an issue already because people don't want to spend that much on a car. But then again, it probably costs as much as like one of those expensive midlife crisis cars we see all the time around Dunedin yeah. with like the bald men driving in them and the tops down. The convertibles. Yeah, the that's sports the one. cars. Yeah. So if you can afford to though, I don't see the issue in just buying an electric car and saving the planet. All you have to do is charge your car and it's not like you don't pay to fill it up with gas anyway. Yeah. So you may as well just pay for the extra power. Like what like use your hour of power wisely, guys. Yeah, I think electric cars like they can't go as far on electricity. Yeah. Like you couldn't go on a road trip in an electric car. It could only go a certain amount of kilometers. Yeah. Like a lot less than fuel. Obviously, I couldn't tell you why because yeah, did you I... see the state of me trying to explain it, an engine? I was here. But I think cuz I know a lot of people have hybrids cuz like yes. every time I get in an Uber, it is a hybrid yeah. car. Yeah. But I think there definitely has to be new technology invented before majority of the world will switch to electric yeah. cars. And maybe we have to invest more into adding stations around yeah. the country, especially because I know New Zealanders like to do road trips often. Like, we have them at uni, obviously. There's one outside the St. David's Lecture Theatre. There is. But I think there should be more. So I personally think that electric cars are better in a way because we also know that oil drilling isn't good guys like it's really bad so why not help the environment if you can it would genuinely be silly not to thank you for coming to my ted talk on the environment if i got it wrong please educate me actually no don't you're not responsible for that I need to go and educate myself further, period. Thank you for that great information about fossil fuels, Caitlin. You're welcome. But now, you're in the hot seat. Oh no. It's time to test your learner driver ability. <laughs> There's not much of an ability there. Coming from someone who has had their full driver's licence for nearly four years. Would you believe it? That makes me feel old. I haven't driven much in my time on my learners. I've been at uni most of the time, but I've driven on a farm a couple of times, and I've driven with my mum and I love you mum but that was really stressful <laughs> when I learned to drive it was very stressful because my parents made me learn in a manual which at the time oh. I hated them for it but now I love them so thanks mum and dad even though we may or may not have had some arguments some falling out over teaching me how to drive yeah well I would now consider myself quite a good driver I would also consider her a good driver I don't know much about good driving but I think she is one I mean Caitlin did spend nine hours in a car with me 
me <laughs> one evening one evening slash early morning on a very long road trip so I think you've seen the state of my driving the good state the of good my state yes but now Caitlin let's put that Luna's license to the test and put you through some questions. Can I just add that being on my learner's license is genuinely the most embarrassing thing when you go to like a bar or something. You're 21 years old and the bartender or the security man looks at you so funny because they kind of think it's a fake idea because you're on your learner's but you're not. Because you're 21. Because you're 21 (laughs) and you should know better but I don't so it's real guys. Maybe these questions will help you get more confidence so you can get your restricted. Hopefully. Okay, are we ready? Um, not really, but yes. You can do it, Caitlin. Okay. So, you are turning right at traffic signals mm-hmm. showing a red arrow pointing to the right. Yes. What should you do? A, stop until you receive a green arrow and then proceed if it's safe to go. Or B, stop until the red arrow disappears and you get a green traffic light. Then proceed with the giveaway rules. Both. Correct. Yay. What is the speed limit from the time you pass an accident sign until you have passed the crash site? A, 20 kilometers an hour. B, 30. C, 40. D, 50. 20. Correct. Yay. Look at me go. My mum's going to be so proud. What a whippersnapper of a driver I am. AA, if you're listening, if I get five of these right do i get an honorary restricted no right a girl can try what must you do before you turn to the right on a straight road there can be multiple oh so a signal for at least three seconds b give way to vehicles from the left c give way to vehicles coming from straight ahead turning left or going straight on move towards the center line E, check your mirrors. Isn't it all of them? So you'd signal for at least three seconds? Are yeah. you checking the answer? Yeah. Are you giving way to vehicles from the left? Well, you're turning what way? You're turning right. Yes, you are. Yeah. Uh, are you going to give way to vehicles coming from straight ahead or turning left? Yes. Are you going to move towards the centre line? Yes. Are you going to check your mirrors? Ovi. No, you got that one wrong. What? Why did I get wrong? So the correct answer was signal for at least three seconds. Okay. Give way to vehicles coming straight ahead or turning left. Oh, it was the left Move towards the centre line, check your mirror. So you you don't give way to vehicles from the left. Sorry, I was being extra cautious. (laughs) At night, when must you dip the high beam headlights on your vehicle? So there's multiple. When other cars are coming towards you? Yes. When you are following other vehicles? Yes. When a police officer is directing traffic? Yes. When you park? When you are reversing. The top three. Top three? Yeah. Wrong. What? D was also... When you're parked. When you park. And when you're parking. Oh, I thought you meant when you're parked. And I was like, um, the car's off when you're parked, man. (laughs) A vehicle should not send out visible smoke for more than 12 seconds, 10 seconds, 8 seconds, 5 seconds. So I think that means, like, it shouldn't be doing that unless something really bad is going to happen. I'm going to go 7... I'm going to go 10, sorry. 10 seconds? safety net, yeah. Correct. Wig. A vehicle can only produce smoke for a maximum of 10 seconds. I know that from off-road racing. At an intersection, what do a police officer's directions overrule? A. Traffic lights. B. Give way rules. C. Road signs, such as stop signs. Or D. All of the above. All of the above. They're the policemen, of course. Correct. Wig. When must you not pass a vehicle on the left at an intersection? When the other car is stopped, when the other car is indicating right, 
when the other car is indicating left. So you've pulled up to an intersection. Yeah. And there's a car in front of you mm-hmm. and you want to overtake it on the left hand side. Okay. So say you can either go out of this intersection right or left. Yeah. So when can you not pass the vehicle? When it's stopped, when it's indicating right or when it's indicating left? When it's indicating left. Correct. When driving at night on a road with lanes, you must be able to stop in half the length of clear road you see in front of you. True or false? True. The correct answer was false. Wow. Okay. Did it give me any reasoning? On a road with lanes, you must be able to stop in the length of clear road you can see in front of you. Oh, true. No, I did know that. Sorry. What is the legal definition of a road? A. Any sealed or unsealed street or highway, whether the lines are painted on or not. B. Any area the public have access to, including streets, highways, riverbeds, beaches, wharfs and car parks. Or C. Streets and highways with painted lines to indicate lanes. Is it B? Correct. Yeah. So good what must you do when you see blue and red lights flashing behind you? Oh. A. Speed up so you're not holding up the emergency vehicle. <laughs> B. Slow down and move to the left. C. Slow down. Or D. Pull over and stop. Slow down and move to the left. Slow down and move to the left. The correct answer <laughs> no. was... Oh my god. Pull over and stop. Oh my god. It's pretty much... You must pull that. over and stop unless the police officer overtakes you as you pull over and continue on its way. Because you don't know if well, that... Well, they didn't give me that option before. But you... Because you don't know if that police officer wants to talk to you. I hope he doesn't. Well... Or she doesn't. That's really scary. Well, they don't. Well, yeah. I really hope they don't. Well, you got to pull over and stop just in case. <sighs> That's scary. Which of your vehicle's lights should you turn on if you're driving in the fog? A. Side lights. B. Front and rear fog lights. Yeah, because every vehicle has one of those. C. Dipped headlights or... D, all of the above. Oh, oh I don't know. I'm just going to go D, all of the above, because I can't remember all the answers. Correct. <laughs> oh, yay. But you have to remember you don't use high beam headlights in fog because no, you, that don't. you see less. Yeah. When does a police officer have the power to arrest you? There's multiple. If you don't stop when requested. Yes. If you refuse to tell the police officer your name and address or give them false information. Yes. If you refuse the procedures for blood or breath alcohol testing. Yes. If you drive when you are told not to by a police officer. Yes. If you don't give your car keys to an officer when requested. All of the above. Can I do all of that? Yeah, there's multiple answers. Yeah, it works. Because I don't want to... Correct. Good, I don't want to do anything wrong by the police. I'm not the kind of girl to break a law. Just so AA knows that they can give me my honorary restricted, what will my results, Jess? You got six correct Yay! and four incorrect. Okay. So you got more than 50%. That's good. I would still part... No, I wouldn't. I would have just failed my learners. <laughs> That's embarrassing. I'm proud of you. I'm not. You did better than I thought you would. Yeah, I did better than I thought I would as well, actually, considering I couldn't see the pictures. They if were I... interesting questions. If I could see the pictures, I think it would be a different story. All right. That is enough about cars. I... I think it is time to do your favourite section that we all know and love. What we do know. What's this week's musical, Jess? None other than Grease, <gasps> the classic. Why, it's Grease Lightning. Now, Grease is a 1978 movie musical about Danny Zuko and Sandra D. Two summer lovers who end up at the same high school and their friends don't want them to be together, but they somehow find 
find a way to come back together by Sandy changing for a man, which is kind of against every feminist story ever. Looking at it for a 21st century lens, as iconic as the ending scene is, when she goes, tell me about it, stud. As iconic as that moment is, she has completely changed, I mean, whole person, just so her and this boy can... Date? Yeah, like, like mesh well together. Yeah. Let me just put a point around here. Ladies, you don't need to change for no man. We're fine on our own. We got it. We got it good. If a man thinks that you have to change for him, he's not the man for you. No. Simply tell that Danny Zuko boy to go away. We don't want him here anymore. Go and tell him to do some self-reflecting and some self-love. Do and some then journaling. get back to you. Do some face masks. Yeah. Have a wee pamper night, girl. Do some meditation. You and Kaneki. Buy some crystals. Yeah. All in all, I think Grease, though, is kind of a cult classic. I really enjoy it. I think the music is really iconic. I have never listened to the Broadway version, if I'm honest, which is embarrassing because I claim to be a Broadway nerd. And I listened to Grease Live, and that had Vanessa Hudgens in it, so... It's, like, inevitable? I guess. (laughs) Yeah, Grease Live was interesting. I think Hairspray Live was better with uh, Ariana Grande. See, I think that the best live they've done is Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Oh, no. But you I don't liked... like Jesus Christ Superstar No, so. I really don't like that musical. Oh, yeah, that was the very Rocky good. The Show Live the... was really good. Yeah. With uh, Tori Vegas. Tori Vegas. <laughs> no. No, that's, no, that is her name, Tori Vegas. And she must be called that from now on. <laughs> What's her name? Victoria Justice. Victoria Justice. Tori, it's Tori Vegas. Tori Vegas is It's Jenna. not Tori Vega, it's Tori Vegas. Oh, shut up, man. <laughs> I was poor, I didn't have Sky. <laughs> what would my favourite song be? What would yours be, out of Greece? Well, see, I think I have two categories for my favourite songs. There are worse things I could do is my favourite song written for the show. I think it's a great character moment for Rizzo. I definitely, she really shines I that. definitely, re- like, kind of relate her as a character because she tries to be all big and tough on the outside but then she actually gets really hurt by Kinnicky. This is getting a bit deep for a Friday afternoon. <laughs> no but I think it was definitely a big character moment that I think people overlook. I agree. It's an absolute tune of a song as well. Also she's like a kick-ass woman because she embraces who she is in that song yeah. and she doesn't falter for anyone. I think that's proper girl boss moment. Yeah. Yeah, because she literally says, like, press against them when we dance, make them think they have a chance. And then she says, actually, like, I would never do that. Like, people think I would do that, but I actually wouldn't. And I'm actually a really, like, good person. Yeah. I just think it's a great song. It's a great moment in the movie. Like, when she's walking around with her her textbooks and she's looking, like, really sad. And, you know, there's that cheerleader girl. What's her name? Oh, Patty. Yeah. They're, like, laughing at her. Yeah, Patty's not very nice. No. But I definitely think that is my favourite song that was written for the musical and I also love all the sort of filler songs yeah like especially the dance scene oh yeah like born to hand drive and blue moon and are just absolute tunes yeah and I think the original tracks mixed in with the filler tracks I don't know I think it creates a really nice balance it definitely helps set the tone of the musical agreed what's your favorite song my favorite song and don't you dare say hopelessly divided to you I will not. I will not. My favourite song, I think, is Those Magic Changes. Yeah. Purely because when I was in high school, I was deeply obsessed with the 
Hamilton, Little Tiny Musical Hamilton. Don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, no, I haven't seen it on Broadway. It's pretty niche, very niche audiences. Yeah. And fell in love with Jordan Fisher, who played Philip Lawrence in Hamilton, and he was in Grease Live, and he sang those magic changes. Mm -hmm. And my teacher got me a video of him saying hi to me. Even though he said your name wrong, but that's okay. He said my nickname. My nickname is K-Rat, and he said it like Carrot. He was like, hi, Carrot. It's okay. It's fine. We get over it because it's a nice present. Yeah. But I think that solidified that he's an icon and his voice is actually just like butter. Yeah. It's like he reminds me of Bruno Mars. Because what else was he in? Live and Maddie on Disney Channel. No, on Broadway. Oh, he's in Dear Evan Hansen at the moment. He's Evan Hansen. Yeah. No, but he's just phenomenal and he just made that song so gorgeous. And then Aaron Tveit, the gorgeous Aaron Tveit. Oh, an icon. Comes in with his harmony in the live version and it's just stunning. It's magic. Aaron Tveit, who was in the movie musical of Les Les Miserables. He was Andras. Yes. He sung Red, the blood of angry men. Alright, now that we've given our hot and spicy takes on Greece, Greece is the word, we need to rate it. And this week, in the theme of cars, we've come up with a very special rating system. May you tell us what that is, Jess? We thought that we would use an iconic model of a car. A staple of the Dunedin white girl, if you will. A staple of white girls all across the country, if you will. The white Suzuki Swift. Yes! So using our rating system, I am going to give Grease, the original film, a three out of five Suzuki Swifts. Okay. And I'm giving it that because it was one of the first movie musicals I ever saw. I think it is the first one, closely followed by Little Shop of Horrors and like Mamma Mia. It gets most of its points for just being very nostalgic for me. Yeah. And also the music is really good and one day I'd love to play Rizzo. Obvi. But two points get knocked off just for the fact that looking at it in the 21st century it has a really bad message. Yeah. (laughs) It just portrays a really bad message that you have to change yourself in order for someone to like you and I think that's a really bad thing to be saying in such a lovable musical. Yeah. So that's why it gets two solid points taken off. Yeah. For that. But it is a staple of my childhood so it's gonna have to get a three out of five white suzuki swifts i love that i'm gonna do the same i'm gonna give it three out of five white suzuki swifts mm-hmm. i love grease so much and i used to watch it when i would babysit my niece when she was born and it would be the only movie that would like calm her down so we used to watch it to send her to sleep so it's got that nostalgia points of i wish my niece wasn't as old as she was mm-hmm. kind of vibe it knocks a point off for not translating well to a 21st century audience. No. And again, that's not okay. And then it loses another point because Grease 2 happened. Hey now, Grease 2 is alright. No. Yes it is. I stand by my There point. are some great songs. I'll be your girl for I, all seasons. It's so just because you through. It's only because I had Man, to sing only, some of those songs. You literally only think that because you did a show and that was in it. It was okay. The guy was really good looking. I the lead. despise Grease. I don't 
don't think it was needed. Once they flew off into the sunset after the carnival, that was it. Can that we just Greece. speak about that point at the moment? Have you seen those conspiracy theories about why they fly off in the car at the end? Isn't it because it's part of Because she Sandy's actually dead and she drowned at the beach in the opening. Yeah. Because the opening scene of Greece, they're frolicking on the beach and like there's a conspiracy theory that the reason why they fly off in the car at the end, because the film has been completely naturalistic yeah. up until that point, is because she's actually dead and she's just like imagine this whole thing as she's dying from drowning at the beach. How crazy is that? Do you think that's true? I mean it's probably not but it kind of works. Like it kind of fits. I'm gonna change my rating to a 4 out of 5 white Suzuki Swift only if that's only if that conspiracy is true. (laughs) That's fair enough. Another great musical has been reviewed and rated and that's the end of What What We We Do Do Know. Wow we learned so much about cars today Jess. We sure did and we hope you did too. Tune in next time for the final episode of season one of Above Average. Stay safe, be kind and social distance. Bye! That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.